0: Hello, friends. Hey, I'm Scott Sullivan, Discipleship Catalyst with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and I'm joined this evening with Nathan Newfang. He is the executive pastor at Hebron Church in Decula. We also have Scott Odom. Scott is the executive pastor at Johnson Ferry up in Marietta. Uh, Two incredible churches doing great things, uh, really trying to think beyond borders. Uh, We also have uh, three of our guys that are on the Georgia Baptist Discipleship uh, team. And we have Mike Taylor. Mike's going to lead our discussion today and work in and out of, of all of the panel. Uh, we are, we have PJ Dunn. PJ's down in the southwest region. And I just got here. Super excited to have PJ. And then many of you will know Tim Smith. Tim's been here for a while, done incredible things on our team in the state convention. Um, hundreds, if not thousands of people um, challenged and trained through his ministry. So they're gonna be on our panel and we're gonna be talking about what is the present and the online um, and future look like for online meetings, corporate, uh, small group, because we're all chewing on that. And we've got some incredible resources at gabaptist.org uh, where you can get on there and try to figure out, man, how can I get on a, a Zoom meeting? How can I live stream? What are people doing? So we're helping you problem solve that for sure. Now. I'm fixing to kick this to Mike, but everybody who's watching, I need you to comment below because we're going to give away some more Georgia Baptist Discipleship swag. Uh, we've done that the last two weeks, had a lot of good reception from that, some umbrellas to power supplies, all kind of cool stuff. So make sure to leave a comment, throw a wave up there. We're going to be asking questions along the way. And here's one of the deals. This is our panel, but one of the strength of this Georgia Baptist Discipleship is not just the panel. It's your comments here letting us know what's happening in your area, what's working for you, or what's not working. All right? Mike Taylor, take us away, brother. Thank you, Scott. And, uh, man, we love your swag,
1: man. <laughs>
2: That's
1: good. That's good stuff. Listen, uh, uh, this week in my D group, uh, we talked through um, Genesis chapter 11 and the Tyre Bible. I got to thinking about that and uh what was going on in that situation and the people were gathered together and were building this tower and and were trying to reach the heavens and working working hard on that and they all all were just very inwardly focused on this one thing and the lord saw that and it didn't please him and he wanted the people to be spread out and to reaching out and to be in different places and i thought you know maybe that's kind of like what we're going through right now with this uh with this pandemic is, is is we've seen the church gathered together around so many of the same old things, doing the same things, the same old ways. And now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we're spread out and we're having to rethink and redo this in a very different way. And a lot of that brings in technology and what that looks like. You know, one of the things that uh, I heard the other day on, on one, of our, one of our many Zoom meetings that we have, Uh, somebody said something like this. It was basically this. If this would have happened like 20 or 30 years ago, what would this be like? Would we all be sitting behind a typewriter mailing letters to our churches? We could have used our dial-up phone. You know, we could have done those things, but praise the Lord, we have the technology today to do it very differently and for such a time as this we have this technology. And I just want us to talk today about how that looks and what that looks like for the future, how we're using it now, the many things that we're learning and how we're gonna transition to the future with this. And I've, uh, you know, my friend PJ Dunn down in uh, South, Southwest Georgia is really good at technology. And he knows a lot about those things. PJ, tell us some things that churches are doing. What's going on there? And how can we look to the future there?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's real interesting. So I'm going to have a caveat when I start here, which is um, put a comment in, uh, down there if, if I talk too fast or if you want to know more about a certain thing that I, that I mentioned because every church is different. And I think the key to doing this right is being true to who you are as a church. And so part of that, Mike, is just picking a platform. Pick one, go all in on it, make it easy for your people to connect. We've heard everything from using Facebook groups, to WhatsApp groups, to Group Me, um, all the way to Phone Tree, you know, using the good old phone tree box that's sitting in everybody's closet at their church somewhere. And, and it doesn't matter what the what the technology is. The point is that you should be using technology to keep people connected. Um, and so it doesn't matter what size church you are. Some churches you may have Um, software, a planning center or a church community builder, you know, something like that, that allows you to connect with your people. Use it for more than an email group, you know, use it as a way for you to connect during the week, and and we certainly see uh, that media has picked up on that people need to stay in touch, and we need to be loving one another and remembering one another. Uh, Let's use every resource we have, no matter what size your church is, for that, and then um, what kind of comes along with that is pros and cons to each. So uh, what we do, we want to do with excellence. So, you you know, have a moderator when you do these types of things, when you're doing a Bible study, make sure the experience is, um, is enjoyable, you know, that it's something that you want to be a part of. Uh, if you're falling asleep, that means somebody else is falling asleep, you know, just be very real about it and and just try to make it the best experience possible. And... One thing that I've seen, and maybe these guys can uh, talk later on in this video about this, is just having fun. Uh, You know, it's great to have discipleship, and we need to be focused on discipleship. But what I miss uh, about seeing people is the parking lot, the front door, the hallway, the donuts, everything, maybe too much the donuts, but then everything that leads up to that moment where we open God's Word, fellowship with one another. And then when we're done, we get to decompress a little bit, walk to church those experiences aren't happening um, in these Zoom meetings. And sometimes when we're, we're beat down with these, we forget that, yeah, we used to have that before and after um, experience uh, with that. So I'd love to know what you're doing in your church. So if you wanna put that in the comments on having fun. And then just the last thing real quick, um, as we've talked about on our team is check your website. Uh, you need to go to your website as much as you expect people to go to your website. So if you're asking them to go to it weekly, if you're asking guests to go there, you need to make that your homepage or whatever it is to help you remember to go check that out, make sure you have good content um, and then have people uh, be able to get connected to groups. And, and what that looks like in the day and age that we're, we're in is maybe not listing you know, how to actually contact this person and you know, be safe about it, but maybe we have a person that's on staff or that's a lay leader that's the point person for connecting them to that group uh, community. So just a couple of quick ideas Um, Mike in that realm.
1: Okay how about in the chat area just drop in hey what are you using at your church Uh, and what would you like to know more about so others can help you and we can help you here at the mission board with that to move forward. So let us know what you're using with your groups or let us know what you're using with your worship service. Nathan you know Oh, here we are in the middle of this crisis and how is this crisis going to help us for the future with technology? I know it's, it's unexpected and we're all forced to learn new things, but how is this going to help us in the future?
3: Yeah, it's a great question for us to think through. And I think we need to be clear from the get-go. Uh, none of these things will actually replace the importance of being with one another. I don't know about you guys, but I see videos of, of our people and I just miss them. I miss being around them. I miss seeing uh, my uh, the staff. I, I miss, uh, you know, our uh, the people that are lay leaders in our church. I, I want to hug them and say, you know, we're, we're excited that you're here. And so I do think, though, that we can utilize what God has given us in his grace uh, of technology uh, for the future. And, and as I thought about this question, it's really broken down into two different areas. One, how can we use it best for our people? And then two, how can we use it best as, as pastors, as the church uh, staff? And so for our people, um, one of the th- cool things that we've seen is that people that have been averse to technology are having to embrace it now out of necessity. And so we have senior adults who are having Zoom meetings uh, that wouldn't have used it before, which is incredible because um, they're able to use this with the ability to connect with one another. And we've heard multiple stories of people that haven't been able to come to church in a long time because of different circumstances. And now they're able to join in with these groups and have community again with other believers uh, just by embracing something like, uh, like Zoom or, or conference calling. We have a conference call feature that people are be able to use. And so they can just pick up their phone and, and talk to their friends like they would do uh, in an old school kind of conference call. And it's great too, because it allows us as church leaders to be able to do two of the things that we think is very important in discipleship. Uh, We always want to evaluate our leaders and we want to equip our leaders. And now that this technology allows us to do both of those things remotely. So even in the future, after this, we can evaluate leaders by coming into their classes, so to speak, without having to necessarily be in their class Mm -hmm. and see how they teach and give direction and walk alongside them and then be able to equip them as well. We'll have a a Zoom call or a Teams call or whatever, whatever platform you decide to use You can get all of your your Sunday school small group leaders together and have conversations with them about, hey, this is what's coming up next in the life of our church, and here's some ways that we think you can engage your group better. Uh, The second thing that we've seen is uh, it's not replacing connectivity, but I think in the future we can utilize uh, technology to enhance engagement. So things like prayer meetings or prayer times outside of uh, normal group times, or when, when it's slow, like summertime, there's opportunities, people are on vacation or whatever. And now they're able to hang out with one another and still jump in and be able to have that time. Um, I love this too, because it's causing people to kind of own their own ministry in a lot of ways. So the beauty of the church is technology has allowed people to think outside the box. And so our group leaders are having to own that. And they're, they're coming up with their own stuff to be able to, to utilize, uh, you know, Zoom and other things. And then uh, the fourth thing for our people uh, that this is going to help us in the future is to reinforce what is a healthy group size? Um, how, how, when is it too large, the groups become too large that they outgrow their span of care? And so we have leaders that I've talked to, you know, some in other parts of the country that have said, man, we, we've got groups that are just too big and the leader is trying to keep up with all of them and they're just having difficulty right now. And so I think as a staff and moving forward, I think it reinforces what is a healthy group size and what, what, what does that look like for us? And then uh, on the other side of that, so that's for our people, but for our staff, it helps define what's most important. Um, I know just like all you guys that are in churches, uh, we want as best we can to get the gospel out to as many people as possible. And it really helps refine that because everything we utilize technology wise needs to be leveraged for the gospel to be able to share the good news, to be able to grow our people in biblical literacy, uh, to be able to connect with one another. We want to see these things happen. And now we're evaluating those based on these things. Um, It's helped their staff think outside the box for ministry, which I love, um, that they're able to think through things of what is the best way to reach my neighbors right now. And if they're doing that in the pandemic, why wouldn't they utilize those things in the future? Or using their neighborhood Facebook pages to invite people to watch the live stream of their services. Those things are, are happening all over our area. Um, and then I think that the final way that this is gonna help us in the future is it's gonna help us to, to really evaluate what does a healthy group look like? So not just like what is the size of the group, but, but what is health? Uh, are we using the right metrics uh, to be able to know, like, are we winning at, at small group ministry and discipleship? And what does that look like? And then embrace the ability to, like I said earlier, to equip and evaluate leaders in different ministry areas. I think those are all ways that we're going to be able to utilize technology moving forward in the future um, to be able to see, like, what is discipleship going to look like six months from now or a year from now or 10 years from now?
1: Mm, and that's, you know, uh, Nathan, you alluded to the the aspect of reaching new people and what that looks like and how, how that's going to move us in the future to uh, a new paradigm of people we've connected to in a worship service online to this and how we've connected to people in groups online uh, that have never been in our groups and uh, how that looks like for the future and what does reaching people look like? in regards to this technology in the future. Tim, tell us more about that. What do you think is uh, gonna be happening there? Thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, it, it's a different day. It's a different day and
4: and some great things are happening. And I, w- I would love to hear from from other churches, other leaders. So in the comments, t- tell us what what's working in your church, what's working in your group. How are you connecting? How are you caring? Uh, for your people. So put that in the, the comments so that we can learn, so that we can encourage each other. Yeah, it, it is a different day. Um, I, I was reading, I think it was Carrie Newoff that, that, that had a post um, um, that said, when we began the, the new year, the calendar year, somewhere between eight to 15% of the churches in America were growing. In the last month, that number has gone from eight to fifteen, growing percent, growing churches to fifty-five percent of the churches are growing during this incredible, unbelievable, horrible time of disease and death and hardship. Fifty-five percent of the churches are having more in attendance now. They're doing it online and virtual, but. 300% growth in the number of churches that are growing. I, I think we've learned something, that that, that this is a, a tool uh, for the day, that we're able to connect with people, we're able to reach people, uh, we're, we're able to, to do this. Now, again, just just as Nathan mentioned, uh, it doesn't replace the, uh, the good old brotherly hug and the, fellowship and the good things. I mean, yeah, we need that. And, and, and I pray that soon it's going to come back where we can uh, be knee to knee and hug each other and greet each other and have that handshake and that, uh, that fellowship time. But this is going to be a tool that we use from now on. And it's a great tool to, to help people connect and it's a tool to actually reach new people my group uh, uh, we're empty nesters uh, my my group has met the last four Sundays uh, we Sunday mornings group averages about 16 in attendance the past four weeks our attendance has been over 30 uh, but it's been online and uh, and so it is a tool it is a tool to Reach. It's a tool to disciple. Uh, in my church, one of the things that that we've started is the the Hello Neighbor, uh, where we take the cards and and uh, walk around our neighborhood, and pray for our neighbors, and and put in well in their mailbox or on inside their mailbox or attached to their mailbox or on their front step or on the on the fence post, uh, 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 just a simple, hello neighbor. I'm, I'm your neighbor, here's my contact information. I wanna pray for you, how can I pray for you? And, and that's beginning to work and we're, we're seeing some people respond and, and now we're meeting needs. We're, we're going to get groceries, we're going to get uh, prescriptions. Uh, there was um, uh, a need um, for a plumber And uh, and that need uh, was met by uh, someone in the church. So so there's uh, many things that we can do. A a senior adult that was not able to get out and and take care of their uh, of their yard, uh, we we had someone meet that need. And so uh, the hello neighbor uh, in in this day and and then going beyond that, not only meeting the physical needs but doing this with a neighborhood group of getting together getting to know each other virtually and connecting, praying with each other and doing a a short Bible study. It's working and churches are doing it. I'd love to hear what the other churches are doing.
1: Yeah, post it right there uh, in the comments area. We'd like to hear more about what your church is doing in the context, uh, maybe small church in a rural area, large church in a metro area, whatever it might be. Uh, Let us know more about that. So let's take this down to what a church is actually doing with some of these things and how it's actually working in a church. Uh, Scott, you're at uh, Johnson Ferry. Tell us what's up at Johnson Ferry in regards to a lot of these things we've already talked about and how the application of this is taking
5: place. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And uh, man, I just, I would second what a lot of you guys have already said. We're all learning on this together. But I try and hit some things that maybe are a little different, maybe a little unique, maybe framed up a little different. Uh, I would agree, Nathan, nothing replaces being in person. So I think all these technology tools are yes. And we're going to leverage them when we get past this. But I still think the face-to-face is better. You think about Jesus's ministry. He looked at people, he gave them a word, and then he touched them. And I heard Rick Warren sharing that just the other night. And I thought, man, that's Jesus's ministry. And we want to be about that face-to-face. But really, our framework that we've given our staff, when we're thinking about how do we do ministry, is we gave them three c's and it's content connection and care we got to produce content we also got to connect and we got to care and in this season the one we're stressing is not content we can get online and find the right now media and all these other resources a lot of content but what makes things special our church and our small groups and our discipleship groups is the connection and the care piece so we really challenge our people to go old school pick up the phone and guess what people are answering. Physical phones now more than they ever have. People aren't just sending it to voicemail at the same percentage because they're sitting at home. They're wanting to talk. So we're using, we're challenging people um, to make physical phone calls on our staff. It's about connection and care more than content. We got to do content, but it's really more about connection and care. Um, we are seeing some of the things you talked about, PJ, of having fun. Uh, we're having some of our children's staff, they're doing scavenger hunts with kids through Zoom calls. So they get them on. Everybody go find this in your house. They're having fun. Our student ministry, think about this. This is an interesting angle. All the people in the industry that do gigs, they're traveling, speaking, traveling, unique people. They're stuck at home looking for gigs. So we brought some of them on to Zoom outreach gatherings in our student ministry. We had an illusionist do illusion stuff from his house. And then our student ministry had a big crowd that night, and they shared the gospel through an illusionist. And he did it from his living room. Our student pastor facilitated it. So there's ways of, of kind of being creative. Uh, talking about having fun Friday night, we're doing a church-wide trivia night on Facebook Live. And two of our pastors are gonna have some fun with trivia and we're challenging kids versus your parents. Everybody can verse one of our staff pastors. So a single person at home can go up against one of our staff pastors that's gonna participate on the stage and one of our pastors is gonna facilitate it. It's fun, guys, and that anybody can do that. That's having fun. So we're trying to do the spiritual things. But we are trying to have the fun. We've had, um, we haven't done it yet. But I've heard of one church that did. They did like have lunch where the kids had lunch with the children's minister, and it was everybody bring your lunch at noon and everybody just have lunch and let all the little kids be like little gerbils in the squares going crazy and let them just have fun eating lunch at noon. Um, so those are some of the kind of uh, maybe real simple things. Uh, talking about reaching your neighbor, we did put on our website the other day that anybody can copy, rip it off. We're calling it a neighborhood. Or neighboring toolkit or toolbox. It's basically on our front page of our website that just lists a lot of ideas, what you were talking about, Tim, that hello neighbor card. We borrowed that from another church and framed it up a little differently in ours, put our logo on it basically. But really just listed a bunch of ways that our people can think out of the box in their neighborhood. Because I think one of the things we've all realized is our role as ministers is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So one, this is revealing where we are weak or have been weak historically in equipping, and hopefully we'll pivot as we realize where were our weaknesses, where were our families struggling that we had not equipped them, and what do we need to do to, to pivot to do a better job equipping them to do ministry in their neighborhood, around their dinner tables, around their living rooms. I know watching Scott on social media, man, his kids were doing all sorts of gospel evangelism this past Holy Week using sidewalk chalk all sorts of creative things that we can just do about discipling our own kids. A couple of things, just specific ministry. One, we're trying to start new groups. Um, If you're sketchy about getting in a physical classroom or walking into a new person's house, it's less intimidating to join a Zoom call. And if it's awkward, you can bounce out and it's pretty easy to just hit exit and get out. And so it's a soft entry ramp. We've got a guy in North Carolina that started joining a new group we started in North Carolina. And he was checking out our church website because he's thinking about moving to the area. And so now he's in one of our men's groups every Friday morning, studying the word and then we're using the breakout features in Zoom is a nice feature to take 30 guys and break them into groups of five to have that meaningful uh, discussion. So we're looking at starting new groups. One of the other things that I'm probably more excited about this than anything is we've been casting vision for a number of years for our leaders to not be teaching so long. And to have more discussion, more uh, discussion, questions, dialogue, and not as so much a second lecture on Sunday morning. We've made some progress, but what this has done is those teachers that love to teach a long way—they're realizing it's not as effective in a digital platform to for people to sit there and listen for 40 minutes. It's actually very ineffective, and so they're learning to bring their stuff down to 15, 20 minutes, extended devotional thoughts, and having a more engaging discussion which is also reveals i think what nathan was referring to our larger groups are realizing the value of getting into smaller groups and so we haven't solved that but the value is being seen and once the value is there they're more open to us helping facilitate that with them so uh, that's something we're we're super excited about it's also training our teachers that they're having to learn how to ask good questions Uh, A good question can spark a great discussion, but a yes, no question or a a question that's very obvious in verse one or two doesn't lend itself to a real good discussion. So there's some things that we're growing in, but it's highlighting some of our strengths or weaknesses there. Um, I think another thing that's going to be critical, churches that are growing or leading do a good job training their lay people. We know that you see that in stat after stat, churches that are growing are training and equipping their lay people. Well, I think we've always had the mentality that you got to come on campus to get trained. you got to physically show up here at 4 o'clock on Sunday. you got to show up to an all Friday night, late night, or Saturday morning. I think this is framing up that we can do training on a Sunday at 4 o'clock in a 25-minute Zoom call like this from their living room and not be as obtrusive, but maybe be not quite as effective if they were in person, but still be pretty effective. So I think leadership training, we're gonna find some new avenues because we've trained so many people on these digital tools that now we have a bigger tool belt for what we can maximize to reach people and a bigger tool belt for how to um, you know, to, reach, uh, to, reach, to reach our people. So I think there's, a, there's some things there that we're trying to do, but I would just say, man, we have not figured it out. We're learning as I think everybody else is. We're just kind of learning, uh, learning on this together. One of the things we have done is on Sunday morning, We've built in a little listening guide to go with every sermon and discussion questions. So we're asking people, when you watch this live stream or this Sunday morning sermon deal, if you're with one other person or you're with a family or you're with 15 people, when this ends, you're not done. You're done at that moment. And we're asking you to now take these five or six discussion questions and walk through these. And those are much more practical in nature. So, we found that to almost be leading us to a little bit of maybe sermon based small groups, which is not what Johnson Ferry is. But we were starting to dabble in that, and it's giving us an on ramp to explore that of kind of sermon based small groups just by having some good discussion questions. And a lot of our Sunday morning groups are using those. The one thing I will mention that we have found in the chaos of all this breaking out, a lot of groups just started meeting ad hoc all over the place. And we have found the complexity of life consistency is so important. So we're not making our groups meet at the same hour they've always met because some don't have child care and all that stuff. But we're saying pick an hour, pick a window and meet every Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. Find that window and do it every week consistently so people can find some regularity in their schedule and they can know when they're going to they're gonna gather. So that's a big piece is it may not be Sunday morning. It may be Tuesday night, Wednesday night, maybe late night, but find a level of consistency. Uh, And I think, Nathan, you talked about just engagement. We've had our set metrics for a long time. We also have a new pastor who's been here just a few months. So we're walking through a lot of uniqueness, learning each other through this. But engagement and metrics look differently today. And what's exciting is I think a lot of churches were doing online worship or some, but if you weren't, you probably are now. If you weren't doing online giving, probably are now. And guess what? You're probably not going to delete it when we start meeting in person. You're probably not going to delete the online worship when we start meeting in person. In, in person, We're going to look to maximize the giving, maximize the worship, and online groups. Very few we're doing, or maybe a few mega, mega churches we maximizing that with staff, but really, how do we do that? We still want to be in person, but maybe new groups are Zoom-based or what have you, And then after four weeks, they say, let's meet at the park. Let's meet in person. And that gives a natural, because you kind of start to like people online. You you think about all the dating services and all that start this way. Why can't church class dating start this way? And then you transition to physically in person and start a real group with that next level personal touch. So uh, a few things there, but I think it gives us a bigger tool belt to reach people. And it gives us a broader tool belt to disciple people. And I think we have to remember the methods are not sacred. It's the mission that's really sacred. The mission of making disciples doesn't change. The methods might, and this season we're seeing the methods uh, definitely are changing. I will say this. It's scary, but also this is exciting times. Uh, the world is in need, and we have hope, and we get the opportunity to try and bring them hope in a unique kind of way. And so may the Lord use us as we try to figure this thing out together to disciple our people and reach those in our community, that are desperately in need, uh, in need of hope. So, a few things there, Mike. Maybe there's a few nuggets in there. Um, but Johnson Ferry, we're doing the best we can. We don't have it all figured out. We're we're learning with this uh, as we go. Thank you, Scott. Um, just, uh,
1: just, just I'd love for us to be able to open everybody's microphone. If you've got some, just one idea, real quick, as we close out. They say, "Hey, I heard of a church that's doing this, or my church is doing that." Uh, in relationship to moving this into the future, why don't you chime in right now, and we'll 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 listen to that, and also put that in your uh, in the chat area as well. If you have an idea at your church that you're using and you're thinking about in relationship to how you're using these new
3: technologies and how that's going to transition to the future, anybody? Uh, the only thing that I would say, Scott, I 100% agree with you on all those things. I think the training times and the ability to be able to connect with our people digitally as pastors or as even lay leaders for our thing, our our people almost feel more connected to us because they see us more often. You know, normally they would see us on a Sunday or a Wednesday, but through the joys of social media, uh, we have pastors all over the country that are going live on a regular basis, either doing uh, just teaching times or devotional. And, And for whatever reason, One of the overwhelming things that we're hearing is our people feel more connected to the staff, even though we're not able to see each other as much, but because digitally we're able to connect in that way, I do think it's going to give us more rapport with our people. So when we do training times and we do opportunities like that, it'll allow us to be able to really pour into those leaders and they feel more connected to us because they have the ability to see us on social media training doing devotionals, teaching, running around with our kids, trying to write on sidewalk chalk like uh, Scott's uh, kids were doing, you know, whatever it takes in that way. I, I think they almost feel more connected in some ways uh, than before.
5: Go add Nathan, just that one of the things is as staff, if you're a ch- church staff person, you can't do it all. And so I just want to encourage you, one of the things we've tried to do is take our staff and say, who is your circle of leaders that you're already pouring into? Go pour into them in this time, model the connecting and caring and loving and serving them, and then challenge them to do that to their circle. So we're challenging our student ministry, do that to their small group leaders, adult leaders, invest, pour in them, and then say, small group leaders, are you you turning around investing in your small group of eight or nine teenagers in your life group? And then the same thing for our staff, investing in our adult teachers, and then are you investing? So, hey, staff, we can't do it all, but we can invest best in the small circles and ask those circles and pray and challenge them. Let's model the care and hope they'll take it out even deeper. Uh, we want to be connected with our people, but we can't do it all, right? Yes. And so we've got to also model for them to take those steps that they do the caring piece, but let us model it by an example. If we'll do that well, I think it has a some level that that might take place trickling all the way down to everyone within our church.
2: And I would piggyback Scott's comment and just say none of us have it figured out. So not only are we all getting involved now, like we're all open and transparent and we're just saying we're not the experts, you know, we're not the people to have it all figured out. Like we really are. Week by week, um, Nathan and I joked before we got on here, it feels like Groundhog Day, right? It just feels like it's somehow repeating itself. But, but it does because we're doing a lot of the same things. But we're, it's so drastically different than it was a few weeks ago and what stage we're at in processing this. So we get our people involved with that. And we, we just show that um, we don't have it figured out. And we need them to figure it out. Then they're going to even be more involved as lay leaders.
4: Hey, we've talked a lot about technology. We've talked about those who, who are high tech but let's not forget that there's a lot of folks that are out there that are low tech and non-tech. Uh, write a letter. I mean, that's what Paul did, write a letter. Uh, I, I did that um, in this process that we're in and, and, and just shared uh, some personal things in a letter and sent that out and then I got a phone call, said that meant the world to me. So, so yeah, we, let's use the technology, but, but man, let's write some
3: letters as well because it's very personal well and Scott you mentioned this too but even calling our people we divided our whole membership amongst our staff and so it's a lot of calls for us but it's been great just to connect with people that way and like you said people are answering the phone they're actually answering the phone and so it's a great opportunity to be able to connect with people uh, whether you're in a large church or a small church a lot of people do have a phone that you can you know pick up and call and just check in how are you doing how are things going is there anything you need Can we pray for you in some way and then we always close those phone calls with a prayer it's been a great touch uh for our staff uh, to the people that we shepherd
1: thank you guys for your time today uh it's been it's been great you know the thing about all this is uh we were called to make disciples before this ever happened and in the midst of this we are still called to make disciples and in the future upon the lord's return we're still called to make disciples and how that looks and how this can be used to make disciples in the future is going to be uh, a real pivot and i just pray that the lord will use you wherever you are in serving the lord jesus in reaching and discipling people go to our website at gabaptist.org you'll find a lot of good information about the the 19 virus and other helps and many things that you can uh, you can connect with us with. And also our Facebook site uh, is G.A. Baptist Discipleship. We'd love to have you join that group as well.
0: Scott, any last words? Yeah, I'll close this thing out, Mike. Great job putting the panel together and our outline. Scott Odom, Nathan Newfang, thanks for joining us today. Guys, you guys just really Give a lot of wisdom to what folks are asking all over Georgia. I'll be honest with you, we talk about this every broadcast. We have as many people outside of Georgia that are tuning in and watching and gleaning wisdom from you guys, maybe as we even do in Georgia. So it's really cool to be able to give this uh, resource to folks. So the the people who are doing this best are the ones who keep asking questions and they are networking with other leaders, trying to figure out what's working and they're leaning on the Holy Spirit like never before. So folks, I hope you'll do those three things. Don't forget to comment below. We're gonna do a drawing for some free swag. We're gonna be sending to you at some point. So uh, send your question, put your comment. We wanna know what's working in your area and your context. And I'll leave you with this thought. The church has never been positioned for big gospel impact like it is today. Seize the moment. Don't be the guy who sits around wondering what happened make something happen it's time to advance thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next week